everyone. Welcome to the Maker Mistaker podcast. We talk about personal development here, but in reality, I just like having deep conversations about life. My mission is to help us all live in integrity with our truth, overcoming fears, bad habits, and limiting beliefs so we can create the life we want. This is episode seven, and today we've got an interesting topic, one that I'm not really sure where it's going to go, but I'm excited to find out. And today's topic is the ego or mind or what what's the difference? So I'm your host, Jeff Finley, and with me is my co-host, George Coghill. Say hello. Hello. How's it going, George? It's been a month and a half since we last got together for a podcast. How you have you been? It's been good overall. Been um working hard to get uh I got a Kickstarter campaign that was successfully funded. I'm getting the uh all the stuff uh, produced for that. So that's been going on and um, been enjoying the, trying to enjoy the nicer weather we've been having around here lately a little bit to get a couple bike rides in actually already. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been loving the hike going out into the park and the weather has been warming up. It's freezing today, but. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, man, I went out all winter too, man. As long as it was, uh, wasn't like super blizzard out there. I got, I got some, under armor thermals and and I went out and hiked there as much as I possibly could in the winter. Cause I mean, it's just like, you get into the, it's, you know, like going back to our earlier episodes about habits and all that kind of stuff. What I didn't want to have happen over the winter was getting out of exercising and getting out of that, you know, getting out to the park and hiking. Cause that's yeah. it's so easy over the winter to get into the habit of not doing that stuff. And then when the spring comes around, you're like, eh, so. Yeah, totally. <laughs> But it is nicer to do it in the nice weather, man. It's, a, it's like seeing the sun and being able to do it at 7 p.m. is much nicer than 4.30. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to be sleeping in a treehouse next week or this weekend. What? Yeah, I'm going to be going down to Mohican and sleeping for on Monday and Tuesday night in a, in a pretty big treehouse. I'm excited about it going to be kind of like a digital detox like a meditation retreat for me oh i see so it's like a you're renting it or whatever yeah i'm renting it um it's not like a it's not a tree it's not a tree house like you would expect from when you're a kid if you've seen the show like Treehouse builders or whatever it's called um Treehouse masters it's like that it's like a, a cabin up in a tree i saw something about there's like a show or something where people they do like the yeah, like you said, they they rent it out for it's like in their backyard, but then you just use it to like hang out for a weekend and just get out of out of the, you know civilized life or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like that. So I'm I'm gonna bring a couple books with me, and uh, you know, how much does that cost? Um, I think it cost me a total of four hundred and fifty dollars for two nights. <laughs> and I gotta build myself a treehouse now. I know. <laughs> so I'm renting that thing out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've been looking forward to it. It was something that was on my bucket list. It's like sleep in a treehouse. And I decided to take action on that goal today and, and just go for it. So not today, but this year, like I decided to do it. And so I booked it months ago and it's finally coming up. And I thought that I was going to have my book done by the time I would go sleep in the treehouse. But that's not that's not the case. I actually haven't released my book yet. Um, so for you guys listening... My book is called Wake Up, The Morning Routine That Will Change Your Life, about my awakening and how I started waking up early and all about habits and, you know, the, the stuff that you do to get yourself to wake up early and how to keep the habit. Um, so I've been working on that since January, since I became full-time freelance. And that's the other update that I have is I just sent it to print uh, last weekend. Um, so I'm waiting for my proof copy from 
from Amazon to give me like a copy of what it's going to look like so I can approve that. Then I got to create my landing page on my website and get all the products ready to go and launch and live and get a release date and all that stuff. So the writing's done, the book's done. I just got to start gathering the stuff for the launch. I'm very excited about that actually because I mean, that's my, my project that I've been working on for six months. So, and I don't know, I'm going to be in the treehouse thinking about it. <laughs> um, hope, hoping to just take some detox away from social media, some detox away from the internet, you know, and, and consuming content all the time and go out in nature for a while. I, I think it'll be fun for me. It'll be interesting to hear, hear your report, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so today's topic is the ego, um, the ego slash mind. So what's the difference? I mean, the ego, from what I know, George, the, the ego, when I learned about it, um, I initially learned about it in like psychology class, the id, the ego, the superego, but that's not the definition that I give it now. Um, what I consider it now is the, this sort of false self, the sense of self that you have, this identity that you give yourself that kind of grows and builds over time as you're from the day you're born, you develop this personality, this sense of who, who, what you know you are. And it's kind of a, it, it's you in relation to other people. It's how you see yourself. Um, what do you think it is, George? Well, what was, what was the definition that you had before that you think was inaccurate? It was like, Oh, that guy's got a hell of an ego. He's kind oh, of an okay. asshole. He's an arrogant prick, you know? Well, I mean, you run in, that's the thing with a lot of this stuff too, is like, I'm, I've been working on this uh, essay about nutrition just for my own benefit to some degree, but also for my blog. And uh, you run into a lot of things like, you know, like, like the word essential fatty acids, if you ever heard of that word or yeah. essential uh, nutrients, the word essential in nutrition actually means that the body can't like, even the non-essential ones are required to live. But the word essential is, is used um, for indicating, it's a scientific way of saying that the body can't produce it with other, you know, you can't synthesize it with other stuff that you eat. So some of them your body can make on its own. Some of them it has to get from the diet. And the ones that it has to get from the diet are called essential. So it can be misleading when you hear that word and thinking, oh, I, I don't need the rest of them. It's like, no, you need them all. You just, that word essential isn't the way people use it in common and I think like the ego is the same thing where it's, it's taken this, uh, you know, it's gone on down this thing where people think it's like, you know, this, this inflated sense of self. And I, I guess, you know, I don't know enough of like, I'm, I'm, I, I could be wrong here, but I think that's like, that, that all came from Sigmund Freud, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah. Yeah. The whole id ego and super ego, um, that was from the Freud era and, and that's what we learned in psychology class, but that definition, I don't even know the definition of that other, and I forget, I don't, I don't even remember it, but that's the first time I ever heard the word ego in like an educational context, other than that guy's got a huge ego, you know, meaning that he's full of himself or something. He's, he thinks so highly of himself that he, that other people are less than him. You know, you have a sense right. of arrogance or pride. And I think that just to, that accurately describes what ego is, but only like, um, an, an, a distorted direction of the of the ego like one way you could take it you can say another person has a very positive or a very um well yeah generally ego was was uh referred when people had 
an ego that was out of control, so to speak. <laughs> you didn't really hear about it in relation to something that was good. Yeah, I guess I'm looking on the Wikipedia page, and I guess it really, yeah, I mean, it's too much to read here while we're talking, but yeah, I mean, I, when I use that word, or for me, like the word, the definition that you gave was really the way I approach it too, is like, and of course, like I said before we started to record here, is that a lot of my thinking is influenced by uh, Alan Watts' uh, lectures and, and books mm -hmm. and stuff, because he gets into, I mean, his his perspective comes from from like hindu philosophy and and you know the non-dual aspect of of reality or theory of reality and and you know so when he i mean alan watts even since one of his recent lectures he just says you know he goes just it's not it's like like that's that's one of the things with you know meditation or you know quote unquote enlightenment or whatever all these things as they say that you know people or some people think you're supposed to get rid of the ego or whatever but um, you know, Alan Watts likes to bring this up, where the you know, his, his the idea that it's an illusion, like it's like this idea that that we're attached to, like you know, the definition that I would give is that it's a sense of self. So it's like the the identity that you have when you say me or I or those kind of words. That's you're referring to your ego. But uh, you know, Alan Watts and some other guys really brought to my attention how uh, you know you get. The ego could be considered, you know, I like to use the analogy of like, you know, it's almost like you have this like modeling clay or something that that your interactions with people and society and civilization and culture and everything from the day you're, I mean, literally from the day you're born, you know, from from then on is just is your ego is like the result of, of whatever it is that makes up you getting swooshed into this mold you know what i mean so it's like you identify with what has pushed on you like you said earlier like the society influencing you but uh we, we become attached to that story you know so it's like the ego is yeah. not like this like a lot of people want to want to assume that like you know another alan watts line is where you know people think you know we're this body that when you're born like you know like there's some cosmic hypodermic needle like you know, squirts you into a body and then you're, that's your ego or yourself. Your identity is, is placed into this, this physical, like he calls it a the bag of skin, which I think is awesome. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's like the idea is more of along the lines of like, it's, it's this, it's the result of the interactions you have in, in your experience of the world. So it's this very arbitrary thing. It's not even, and it's like, like he said, it's like an illusion. It's like this, it's this thing that is, you know, I mean, the way I kind of look at everything is like, you know, you know, I, I refer like, to, I don't, you know, touching a little bit back on meditation. I don't know if we talked about the, I, the practice of what they call noting. So it's, you know, N-O-T-I-N-G, like if you were to note something. Right. Yeah. I don't think we talked about that. I don't, I don't think we did either, but um, that's, it's, that's a, that's not an advanced thing. It's just a different thing that some people suggest doing some different systems but i i play with that sometimes even just during the day and i and i one of the you know one of the i have like these four or five core things that i always my thoughts always seem to categorize into and the way you do noting is just when a thought arises you go you you just you you use one word to define it and then that way you can just you, you've noted it you pay attention to it you just let it let it go so you're not like thinking about it and uh mm -hmm. 
you find pretty quickly that your thoughts stumble into like these five categories, man. And like, you know, you know, it's regret, anticipation and, and whatever. So there's like very, very basic things, you know, that planning and, and uh, replaying, you know, the past and, and stuff like that. But one of the things that I've noticed for myself a lot, I refer to it as the, the paranoid radar and you have a, you know, you have that part of your, your mind is, um, you know, one of the, the thought processes that are going on in your mind is, uh, you know, trying to, it's, you know, you the way that they say that, you know, your, your mind, one of your goals of your mind is to, is to, it's, it's a, it's a system designed to look for threats and to avoid them, you know, to, it's a survival mechanism that your, your brain uses. Yeah. So the, the sense of self is also a survival mechanism tool, you know, so you have, you have this, um, and that's why I call it the paranoid radar because it's, 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 it's designed to be paranoid. It's, it's looking for danger out there in, in the world. So a lot of times you can, it can overreact, especially these days because there isn't anything for it to do that it goes a little bit haywire looking for anything to be paranoid about and looking for danger in anything. But, um, but I think sometimes like that's that, that paranoid radar that, that, you know, that's the thing that we attach to as the ego. We start identifying with this, you know, cause it's the most dominant thing sometimes that's going on is like, you know, what's going on over there and what, what is this? And did I do the right thing there? And, and you know, making sure, you know, making sure you do, you know, you, you make your plans properly for the future and stuff like that. That's all part of like this, this, this radar system that's going on in your head. And it goes on so much that we can, you know, we start to identify with this thing and think like, well, that's just who I am. And it really isn't. It's just like, you know, it's like, it's like identifying with the speedometer in your car. It's like, no, that thing's just there all the time. It's just, just because you're looking at it doesn't mean that that's has anything to do with how the car drives, you know? I don't know if any of that made any sense. <laughs> it's kind of rambling there for a bit. Yeah, no, I think you touched on a couple of good things that, that, um, that kind of align with my, with what I think about the ego, that the ego's ultimate purpose is to keep us alive, to help us survive on earth. Um, and you know, as our spirit or soul or true self, you know, the awareness that's behind the ego, our true self, as it incarnates into the body that then we do, we adopt this earthly personality and we even have egos beyond, beyond our earthly personality, our cosmic ego, as George Kavasilis likes to say that like, we're, we live in duality kind of all the way up until we are sort of united with our soul if you want to go to that 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 far with it but like this concept of other you know there's the concept of other is separation and then there's oneness like we are all all one and that's sort of the difference this unity consciousness or this uh universal oneness that every you know we're all from the same soup so to speak <laughs> and then there's the ego which is the separation like it defines me versus you the separation of comparison essentially and and it keeps us keeps us alive that's the point of it so it's what when we look at the world we look for dangers like you call the paranoid radar you know it's, it's constantly on the on the on the radar or on the lookout for for things that could cause us pain and then of course things that do cause us pain we now have a track record and it kind of grows and learns from its experience but the problem that people have is when they like when they identify with the ego as as them, as them, as their true self, as their identity. So say, for example, on a practical thing, like I'm a graphic designer and I, I, I assign a label to myself and then I, and I have, I'm a certain type of graphic designer. I've got a certain style 
And then also I have a certain way of speaking or meeting when I talk to people, I have a certain, you know, attitude that I have, like I'm a nice guy or like, say when someone just asks you a question, who are you? And you start rattling off things like your Twitter bio, you know, or the things that you've done or the things you've accomplished. All those things are sort of attachments. You might attachments that you identify with that kind of make up your personality, your earthly personality, your identity, your ego, um, your sense of self, ultimately. And when when you start to identify with that, you want to protect it. You, you want to protect that reputation. You want to protect your status. Say, for example, like what Sean Webb of the I Am Spirituality a podcast talks about is we have this attachment map that is kind of all centered. It's like imagine your sense of self in the center and then on a circle, like a graph all around it. And that's your attachment map, depending on how attached you are to a particular thing, identity, concept, you know, religious affiliation or, you know, sports team, all those things you kind of assemble into this sense of self. It's all this weird, vague, um, soup that you have and it's this is your sense of self and say and then when any of those is gets attacked or it gets you know say if somebody attacks your your the political party that you belong to that you as you identify with you know you're going to get angry as if it's yourself that has just been attacked but what what sean was able to help me realize was and and a lot of the buddhist traditions and a lot of indian hindu traditions and everything like that they talked a lot about this is that's not who you really are there's a underlying self beneath that and then that what you think is who you are is all an illusion all a creation that you kind of that you and society created for you and that's that's what causes a lot of your emotional suffering and all of that stuff so the reason why ego is an important topic is because it creates a lot of the suffering in the world it's sort of this prime reason why we suffer is because of our egos because of who we think we are and all of our attachments well, and yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the, the going back to the Alan Watts thing is he even gets into the idea that, you know, like you had mentioned like a, it being a false self. Well, he's like, it's not even a thing. It's like a completely, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like, it, it's not, it's not even, it doesn't even exist. It's not, it's, it's like, a, it's a, it's a conglomeration, like you said before, of attachments, the conglomeration of like, I like this and I don't like that. And I'm, and, and, and it's like, these aren't even, these are things that you, you're, it's, they're not, there's not like a, there's not, there's nothing tangible or, or, you know, I hate to use the word physical because it's not, you know, but there's not like a, like, there's nothing there. There's not, there's nothing there to like, that, 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 it's not even like there, it's a, it's a, you know, it's an illusion. I guess it could be an illusion, but it's like, like like one of his his analogies, you know, I think that he used this one was, you know, if you had a if there's a, if you had a cigarette that's lit in the dark and you spin it really fast, it looks like a, a circle. You know what I mean? It like because there's a persistence of vision or whatever, but that's just an illusion. It's a circle. It's just one dot that's being spun around. And he's like, that's the same with the ego. It's, it's this it's this thing. It's in motion and it's kind of constantly you know affecting your mind and your thoughts. But there's nothing. There's nothing there, and that's actually the thing that we attach to is this is the part of it that isn't even, you know, it's it's a very tricky thing to explain. I'm not, I know I'm not doing very well, but it's, it's yeah, you know, it's it's beyond like a, what I'm trying to get at is like, it's not like there's like it's like a like a like, you know, it's like this fake version of you. It's like no, you're you've attached to like, you know, like a like he uses the word like a mirage. You know, it's like there's it's a right. mirage that you're 
you, it's it's totally looks real and it, it appears to be and it's that's you know it has all the like to the senses it seems like it is but it's really there's nothing there at all there's nothing to attach to or to to get really you know that's what one of the things he talks about is like there's nothing to get rid of because the ego doesn't exist it's not it's a it's a concept it's a word that's that's really all it is it's, it's a it's an idea that we've labeled an experience and, and then taking it to, to mean oh it's a thing or it actually does exist and he's like no it's not it's not that at all so yeah and i think pretty- that's that's an interesting uh point because i want to i want to bring up mind um where mind fits in and all and mind and thinking because you know right now we live in a culture a secular culture that's kind of anti-spiritual in a lot of ways i mean there's religion and all that stuff but there's a secular culture that's really all about the physical body and the physical world that we live in and and it's all about the intellect um like uh, knowledge and intellect and mind mind knowledge essentially mind enlightenment and like what 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 that gets into the into the or gets tricky i guess where it fits in with ego is it it's almost like you, your thoughts and your thinking, you feel like the more you know, the more you think, the more you know, you can think yourself out of problems and all this stuff, but it's all an illusion. It's all a creation that, that it's still, it's like this temporary identity for yourself while you're here on earth. And it's, man, this is a, t- this is a tough topic to talk about, especially for, 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 for me, myself, who's not like an expert on this stuff, you know, it's stuff that I'm just figuring out as I go along and, and if it wasn't for Sean Webb kind of identifying the whole true self, false self thing, you know, pointing out what ego is, I never would have even have resonated with this whole spiritual path. But when he pointed it out, something about me really resonated with it, that this isn't really who you are. So let's get into that. Who are we really, George? If 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 we have this sense of self, if we think like, well, I am an artist or I am my name, I am, you know, but that's not who I really am. Then what is it? And, well, and it, yeah, what is it? Here's an interesting thing that's like, I, I finished, I, was, I read a, this book over the past week was uh, called the, 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 Nerd, the Nerdist Way, is that what it was? But it was Chris Hardwick, I guess he's like a TV dude or something, I don't know, but mm. it sounded really interesting and, and it was, the guy was like right up our alley as far as like, you know, trying to get his shit together and personal development stuff, whatever. And he's a comedian or something too. So the book was pretty funny at times. I mean, if you're a nerd. Yeah. Which I am. So, I mean, I, I totally was talking about, but at any rate, he, he, he brings up this uh, topic at one point in time where, um, you know, and this is something that you pick up definitely from, from meditation too, but, uh, and you can find it on your own, but he's like, he, he very, very simply put it, you don't have to listen to what what goes on in your head, you know, the thoughts that go on your head. You don't have to listen to them or, or agree with them, you know, or especially identify with them. And yeah. To me, that that's that's what the idea of mind is. And that's one of the things where, you know, that was one of the, I guess, the first aha moments that I had from a lot of looking into, you know, or not looking into, but actually putting into practice a lot of this stuff was like, I was like, yeah, I don't have to, you don't have to really, you know, I can just ignore what's going on up there. I don't, that, that's yeah. just, it's, it's happening. Doesn't it? And then you realize like, oh yeah, the mind is like, because you know, that's what they refer to the mind is like a tool, you know, it's like, it does have positive things and it, you, you have to use it. I mean, you have no choice, but you eventually realize that you can't stop it. So <laughs> you, you, you don't like, you know, it's, it's like complaining about like the sun coming up every day. It's like, that's tough luck. You just, you figure out how to work around that. 
So same <laughs> with your mind is like, it doesn't just because it's there. And I was thinking about this today on a hike. I was like, it is, it is kind of bogus though. You're stuck with it. You know, <laughs> like you can't really, you can't really like get a new one, you know, I guess you, you can't can, like turn it off like a light switch. Like, like you wish you could, like, you know, I should have control over my mind. So I should be able to turn it off when I want. <laughs> but I think a lot of people that's that's you know, and I know I was one of them too, is that you you think, well, no, you're all the things that go on in your head, all the thoughts that go on, that's who you are. And you thought those things. And to me, that's where the ego comes into play, where it's like you start identifying with the thoughts, and then you're like, Well, I'm a person, who I am is someone who thinks these things, and then that you would attach or you uh include all the things that you um agree with and disagree with and prefer and, and and despise and et cetera, et cetera. So like, yeah, that's, you know, to me, that's where the mind comes into play where the mind is like this. It's like this. I mean, I, I refer to it as like the, the annoying hitchhiker, you know, it's like, it was, it was, I was, I think I, we talked about this before when I was leaving the grocery store one day and you know, the, your, that, your mind is very critical a lot of times, judgmental and stuff. And, you know, just my, my, I had the thought of just like something critical about somebody's appearance that was, you know, walking by me. And I realized I'm like, I, it's like I picked up some jerk, you know, some hitchhiker and he was just some jerk. And, but I never decided like, Hey, this is my car. You can just get out. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think we all live this way where, he, where your mind is, it's a hitchhiker. You can't get rid of but You don't have to listen to what he says. And what a lot of people want to doing, that's where I think this ego thing comes in is like an ego in the sense of the sense of identity is it's it's you absorb the this stream of of like like the mind is almost the ego's way of of perpetuating itself you know what i mean so it's like the ego knows yes the sense of self needs to pre- preserve its existence and the only way you can do it is to stay in motion it's like a you know it's like a bicycle i'm gonna use another bicycle analogy but uh you know you can't ride a bike unless it's moving that's the way you ride a bike it has to be moving and i think the ego is the same way where it needs always needs to be like establishing its existence and the way it does that is to keep the mind always active and that's why you know at least for meditation and stuff i sometimes think like man when i'm having a really tough meditation i'm like i'm getting close to something here because somebody doesn't want me getting in there you know what i mean like i feel like it's like the the ego is blocking me from from realizing something so it's Mm. bad meditation sometimes or or difficult ones or you know distracted ones sometimes make me think like hey I'm, i'm getting close to something so yeah and how the mind is constantly active and all of the thoughts that are happening since i would say for the majority of my life i never even knew that you could identify with thoughts or that it's almost like i just felt that these were my thoughts and this is these were my beliefs and and these are my preferences you know and like oh if i didn't like this i had to change my preferences so it's like you know oh i don't affiliate with that religion or, or i'm more of a punk rock you know i'm i'm into that i'm into this this kind of music and these are my taste preferences. So it's like, you know, you fill out your profile on MySpace or Facebook and you like list all the things that you like and you're not, you know, you're trying to separate yourself from other people. You're being unique and throughout your culture, you're bought and sold like styles and trends and clothes and all this kind of stuff to kind of be who anybody you want to be. And you're, you know, you look up to celebrities and you look up to uh, musicians and other artists who seem to embody the type of style or life that you want to live. So you kind of model yourself after certain ways and you're molding this clay Right. Um, and it, and because you had, because it's like the culture we live in is so identified with thought and with the mind and the ego that it is. And they don't know that you don't have to listen to it. So what happens as a result is 
are the thoughts that are in your mind actually coming from you or are they programmed? Like, are they coming from advertising, society, culture, upbringing? Like, how do they get in there? Like the, the music that you heard this, the, the day you got up is still playing in your head later on in the day. I mean, like there are ways of getting in your head. And when you identify with that as your as who you are, it's such a struggle and such a battle. And that's why, you know, the whole concept of enlightenment and the concept of uh, ascension and all this kind of stuff is is really about identifying the difference, the, the detachment, the sense of um, that you are not all those thoughts. You don't have to listen to them. And then being able to practice that on a regular basis of identifying when you're having thoughts and then and then being able to say, no, I don't want to think that anymore. Or this belief no longer serves me. The one that says I'm not good enough. The one that says, you know, that guy's a piece of shit walking out of the grocery store. I don't like his shoes. He must be this type of person. How does he fit? You know, all of that stuff. Those are thoughts. It's like our minds are so easily manipulated. But our hearts and our intuition, this other sense, this other voice that speaks to us are a lot, are not, is not really able to be influenced so much by culture and all of that stuff. Because that's more our pure source energy, our, our more pure being, our soul is more tied to that. That's, that's my understanding of it at least, but that's why we live in a world that's so manipulated. It's so, um, so much advertising because everyone knows that people identify with certain styles and trends and stuff like that. So they're all trying to get you to decide which part you want to play in a game where you don't realize you don't even have to play the game. You can, you step out and you can observe the game being played and you realize it's all an illusion anyway. Well, I mean, you run into the, you know, advertising and stuff, man, where there's, there's a lot of stuff going on there where they, you know, they, have we talked about the century of the self, that documentary series before? Yeah, we might have touched on or brought it up at least in one of our earlier ones, but that is a huge, it's great documentary, the century of self. I recommend all of our listeners check that out. Just Google it. It's on YouTube and it's amazing. Well, it's, but it's like, you know, they, you, the whole idea there is like, you know, and that's what that's a whole interesting topic with like, you know, ego and stuff, I guess, too. But I think, you know, I think it applies to that. But it's like, it's, yeah, it sure does. You like, you think like, we you look at the way things are today, where it's, everything's very much about what you buy, you know, what you own, what you have. It's like your, your external signifiers of wealth and possessions and stuff like that. Those are all considered to be, that's how you identify, you know, you, or you, you signify to others. You, you say, Hey, this is you know, like you said before, this is, I'm into this, you know, that's, that's why brands work so well in these days because, you know, you can shoot, you know, everybody knows it like, Oh, Oh, you're Android or, or Apple or whatever. Or if you're, you know, this kind of shoes versus, you know, I don't need to, to be honest, I have no clue what's cool anymore. I don't, I never did. <laughs> to be. No, but the Android and Apple is good. It's like, which, which side do you want to play for? <laughs> well, but it's like, it goes so deeper. Cause like, I mean, I have certain brands that I align with. So, I mean, I, I'm guilty of it too. So, but it's like, I, I just don't know if they're cool or not. I have no idea. I buy what I like, but it's like, but you, a lot of people use that to like kind of, their identity out there and it's what's interesting about that century of the self is that before the advertising before advertisers picked up and it goes again back to freud but if it's a uh, before they picked up on these these principles it used to be that people were um, valued for 
you know, these kind of things we've talked about over these past episodes, the self-development stuff, that was always considered, like, your, your quality of character was considered to be, that was, like, like, people looked up to people who, who try to make themselves a better person. That was, that was what, you know, that you look back in history, and that's where all the quotes come from, you know, from all these guys or, you know, Benjamin Franklin and all these dudes like that. So it's like, that, but that was the way everybody thought. It wasn't like just, oh, these, these stuffy, you know, white dudes. That's, that was just whole, all society looked up to these kind of people. And they said, oh, these guys are trying to get their shit together. And then the advertisers basically, and that's what the century itself, you know, basically presents the case that the advertise, advertisement industry and corporations and everybody involved with it, you know, they basically made us externalize our ego into these, or our sense of identity into these, uh, these belongings so that, well, you know, we would you couldn't do anything internally to, to make yourself feel better. You, you felt like you had to go buy some, some, something to make yourself like, like, okay, this is, this makes me more complete. And it does work for a little bit because it does, it does give you a little bit of a dopamine hit and you're, you feel better. But what happens is it wears off very quickly. So they've got you in this, um, you know, they don't even need to make things. What's that? The term planned obsolescence where, you know, Things go bad, so you have to buy a new one. Well, they don't even need to do that because your brain just gets bored with it. It's like the kid getting bored with the toy on before Christmas Day is even over. That's what they, they've basically turned us into, into a society of people who that's what they look for is, is money, belongings, and then you you show people, you know, because that's, that's the whole idea of like, you know, the money shows that you worked hard or whatever, that you're successful. So success is all based off of, of different uh, different things than it used to be in the past. You know, that's like, I, it's kind of sometimes it's frustrating to, to read about that. Cause I'm like, yeah, man. Cause it's like, I'm not, this stuff to me comes very naturally where I'm like, you know, the, the self-development stuff. Once I stumbled across it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is this, this, you know, I think you and I both talked about this, that once we stumbled across it, you're like, oh, this is the stuff that I'm, I never even knew I was interested in it until I found it. And then once you find it, you're like, why, why don't, why don't more people want to do this? And then you find out that it's, there's, it's been engineered so that way so that, you know, they've taken advantage of, again, this externalization of the ego. It's the putting, it's putting the sense of identity of, in, in yourself into the things you own or the things that you, like you said, you know, you affiliate with, whether it's a religion or a political group or <laughs> unfortunately yeah. an, an electronics manufacturer. I mean, that's the thing that gets me the most. And I won't deny, you know, I'm a, I'm an Apple guy. I got a lot of Apple stuff here, but um, you know, I'm not like crazy about it. And but you see people online sometimes they get like they get pissed, but it's because they get pissed and uh, <laughs> because they have identified, like you said earlier, it's like they've externalized their ego onto these things. So if somebody attacks Android, all of a sudden it's attacking them, and it's like, dude, you don't really care about any of that stuff. You don't, you know, deep down inside, you don't care about that. You only care about it because you've chosen to attach to it even if it's a subconscious choice you don't need it and again that goes back to advertising so you know that's a big rabbit hole don't do you no open. yeah like you you brought up something that triggered me like the whole okay it's like there's a couple of things that i want to talk about um the one is creating this dependency on external resources on other people or other things or other systems so you can't access your true self or your development within. Um, there's that. That whole thing has been, like you said, it's been engineered to create this dependency. And it has throughout history with all of the different religions and all of the different things. It, it creates this dependency. Um, 
So there's that. But then the century itself had talked a lot about this perception that there's a few people that are in power that kind of recognize that there's humanity and it's kind of like a herd of, uh, you know, a herd of sheep or something or a herd of cattle that that is kind of dumb and needs to be governed and needs to be managed and needs to be told what to do. Um, so there's like th th that concept of there is an elite class that knows what's good for society and will tell society what's good for it and it will follow. And they used to the advertising industry was a big part of that. And they would advertise. It's sort of the propaganda arm of the elite was the advertising industry. And and Edward was his name, Edward Bernays. Right. Yeah, right. He was the one who coined the term public relations because propaganda was was associated with, you know, Hitler and Germany and Nazism and all that stuff. So they changed it to public relations. And he's on even he's even on the record of saying that. Um, oh, no, these guys, these guys freely admit that they did this stuff on purpose, too. It's not like. Yeah. It's not like they, they it's, it's just some conspiracy theory. Like they're in the documentary going, oh, no, yeah, we did this. This is totally what we did. Yeah, we, we, we hijacked Floyd's ideas and then made people feel bad about themselves so they would buy stuff. They totally know. They, they don't like <laughs> about any of this. This isn't like a theory. This is, like you said, the guys that did it totally admit. I mean, Edward they're Bernays proud of it. They think because they are so right. they believe that humanity is dumb and doesn't know any better. To them, it's like. They're, they're like, this is a level of human advancement. We figured it out. We figured out how to, to keep humanity at a certain like level of discontent to continue to buy products, to continue to, to sustain the economy, to continue to sustain the power hierarchy, you know. And that was a, one of my after watching that documentary, I had the had the phrase popped in my head where I'm like, you know, uh, uh, positive self-esteem is bad for the economy, man. And I don't think it really is. I think it's. It's, it would be dangerous if people all, all had healthy egos. <laughs> it would. It is. And that's that's the whole point. It's like, I've, you know, you don't you don't you don't really create a product. Some, you, sure, you create a product to, to fulfill a need, but like you have to create the need or engineer a need, you know. So you make well, women feel really bad about themselves and then you make them feel like the way they can feel better is by buying all these beauty products and, and becoming obsessed with fashion and appearance rather than, you know, other feminines or other other qualities of the divine feminine, like nurturing and love and emotion and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, there, it's, it's, we, we all get hooked or, 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 you know, hijacked by this stuff. And I remember when, uh, I'm trying to think of how long ago it was now. It was last summer, I guess, last fall, but you know, my, my phone contract was up and I was like, I just like by default upgraded my phone and whatever. And then I, you know, I, I got it in hand and I was like, it was interesting because I, I wasn't even all that excited about doing it. And then when I actually had it, I'm like, you know what? I, I don't want this thing. I don't, I realized that I had, something had changed in my brain between having, you know, ordered it and gotten it and having it in my hand. And yeah. uh, it was weird because I like, in the past I had been like, oh yeah, I want to get the latest and the greatest and whatever. And I never really associated with like, you know, any kind of void within, but I, I just knew when I had it in my hand, I go, I actually felt worse having the things I had spent money and I was, you know, things were a little bit financially tight at the time anyway. So I was like, wait a minute, I just paid money for this thing that I also have to pay, you know, more per month for owning it because I, you're, you don't get those phones aren't $200. Those phones are, you pay for those things for your monthly payments. And, uh, you know, and I, I took it back. I, there was people still waiting in line for the iPhone six when I took that thing back. 
And the guy at the store is like, what? What are you doing? You really going to return this thing? I'm like, I don't. I don't <laughs> and, you know, he he was really, they, they, you know, people in the store were, they're like, well, you do, you can just get, I'm like, no, I, I don't, I'm like, to be honest, I don't want to be involved in the whole having to upgrade everything. I don't, I'm, I'm going to, I wanted to break myself of that pattern. And it was like, I had definitely made a shift from the person I was before who I just, I didn't even think, let's put it this way. I didn't even think I never even used my brain to make a decision. I just assumed I just went along with, you know, the programming and bought the new thing when it came along. And yeah, it was a, it was a good, I don't know. It was an interesting thing to, to, to experience firsthand because like, like I said, you know, I'm, we're all guilty of doing the, these kind of things. And it's, it's like, we do have this, this externalized ego, which is, is an interesting concept, but it's like, you have this, these attachments to these, these products that are, have nothing to do with you. And you can get really, uh, you can have hangups about this stuff. Man. And it's like, it's, 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 I mean, and then again, I'm going back to this idea of the ego and the fictional thing. It's like, all this is, it's a collection of preferences that we've identified with. And, and owning something new is the way of saying, oh, look, I can, you know, who knows? I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what my subconscious reason for, for doing it. I mean, part of it's just, I, I like, I'm a gadget person, but, um, you know, I, I didn't even really want the thing and I still bought it, which was really weird. And it was like, that's when I really, you know, it's almost like this addiction to some degree, you know? Oh yeah. It's all engineered, you know? And, and that's, I mean, I don't see anything really wrong with it because, well, I do think it's, wrong to some extent you know like for, for myself i when you recognize it and then you know now you're buying it and you're feeling bad about it you know you've definitely transcended something you know you've your consciousness has evolved and you're waking up and you're seeing it and so it's like now you can actually make a choice you can step away from it and you sort of say no and choose not choose your own thoughts choose your own habits you know you've been choosing your own habits and and for for years now so you're kind of getting into the situation where you're taking back your power to cho- to choose and to, to wake up to the fact that you are sort of playing in some sort of game, you know? Well, it's, it's the interesting thing I had to have, or was it yesterday or today, but I had this thought that like, I mean, no, it was last night I was thinking, I don't know what, why I was thinking about smoking again, but I think it was about the, you know, the addiction and, and making choices like that. But I realized that the way I quit smoking was when I realized that I couldn't quit, if that makes any sense. Like that's what got me to quit was realizing that I was so addicted to it that I couldn't quit. So that was, that's, it, it was, I was so like, when I got, when I made that realization, I was like, Oh no, now I have to, because I can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a lightning bolt of inspiration. Right. But it was like, I had to be that hooked on something for me to, for, for, to, to realize that I needed to stop it. And it was almost the same thing with like the, the phone thing where I was like, that it was the, the realization that I just bought something that I didn't even really want. And I, but I had to actually buy it and take it back in order for it to sink in. You know what I mean? I, you, I had to yeah. get some the bottom of the barrel kind of an idea, but. Yeah. So like the ego sounds like it's kind of a bad thing, but like it's the only, the only reason it's a bad thing now is because of how it's sort of been hijacked and manipulated. You know, it's, that's, it's in the earthly realm. It's very easy to, that's, that's how you manipulate. That's how you control you know through ego and but ego in at at its source is a good it's a good thing it's here it's not like we chose to 
yeah, what it's what's what am I trying to say here? It's like we have ego for a reason. There, it, it exists to keep us protected and to survive, and and it creates this sense of separation, this du- the duality nature, um, so we can survive here on Earth. Now, if you want like my perspective, I know this is this might differ from you, George, but where I believe that we our our soul and we incarnate to Earth into a human sort of DNA skin suit, and we to have a, an earthly experience to to evolve consciousness, to evolve. Um, yeah, to evolve consciousness, to take, to learn to, by through contrast, through duality, through love and hate and fear and love and, you know, the different extremes. And to like, so for example, to know freedom, you must know slavery. So in order to create the desire to expand and to want freedom, you have to be suppressed in some way. And so that's sort of the whole purpose of incarnating into earth. Now, that's my perspective. And so like ego is the sort of identity that you attach your earthly personality that kind of puts you in and, and keeps you keeps you individual in your skin suit <laughs> and uh, in, in the process of identifying yourself from all the other different skin suits on the planet. And it helps you survive. But the, the fact that it's so easy manipulated through mind, through thought, that's where it gets um, and through emotion. And um, it's so manipulative and easy to kind of by the people who know what they're doing, like the like the elite class, you know, like the people who run the advertising industry, they know how to manipulate um, the ego. But then when the person who's being manipulated wakes up to that manipulation, they now know how to manipulate the ego and they can say, look, I know what you're doing to me. I'm going to say no. <laughs> so that's that's sort of the, the this whole process of waking up and the whole process of sovereignty. To me, the word sovereignty is is uh, being able to choose your thoughts and to to know where, what you're thinking and to know where you're getting those thoughts from, and especially the ones that make you feel really bad and make, keep you depressed, you know, knowing where those come from and how to replace them with good thoughts and and all, all of that. But yeah, that's that's my perception. And I know it might differ from what you think, George, but I just had to put that out there. Well, I mean, yeah, I, you know me, man, I come from direct experience, so it's like, we know the ego exists because we're we deal with on a regular basis all the other stuff you mentioned i don't know i mean maybe you know i yeah I could, there's no you know for me like it comes down to empirical evidence and, and we we experience the at least the effects of the ego even if it's an illusion we still we, at least we, we experience our reactions to this process or this uh, experience of ego that we that we've been talking about you know, as far as where it comes from or why it's, you know, or, or what's behind it all, I, that is, I don't have any answers. That's a very that. big question. Yeah. Like, where does ego come from? Why is it even here? What's the purpose of it? You know, that, that's a sure, sure big question. I mean, if you, um, but I mean, and that's some of the things that attract me to things like meditation and, and such is that they say, hey, if you stick with these practices, you'll have direct experiences of these, these states. And you can know for yourself. That's where I come from. I don't. I'm not really a, a believer person anymore. I mean, I guess I kind of am. I guess we all are to some degree. But you know, yeah, I sure. Did my fair share of believing in the past, <laughs> so it got disappointed greatly. So I'm like more of a direct experience person. So as far as like what you had mentioned, I I don't have really have much of a comment there because I don't, you know, I I don't have any experience from it. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's one of those things where you have us, you have this, you have to have a belief sort of in order to like 
like since you can choose your beliefs, you know, and your beliefs kind of paint a picture of your reality. And, you know, that's where like, well, you can, you can decide what you want to believe about your reality. You know, you can decide that you can believe in magic, for example, and well, you, kind of you, create that world for yourself. But you could, you could say that, you know, you can say, I don't believe that the, um, that the sun's going to rise tomorrow, but it's going to, like, you don't have any control over that. Like, I guess my problem with like the word belief is that it's, it may, it may be the definition that you may have different definitions. Like we talked at the beginning about, you know, macronutrient or whatever I mentioned, uh, essential fatty acids and stuff. Yeah. Same with the ego. Like the word belief might, is a little bit of a loaded thing. Cause as far as, you know, you may be using it in a different context. My context of beliefs is like, you know, when someone says I believe something, it's like they are, they know this to be true. That's what the, that's what, what the word belief means to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, there's only a certain, the only thing that I know to, to be true is the things that I've experienced directly. So I can't, I can't just, to me, it's like, you can't just choose to believe something like, cause you don't know if it's true or not, unless you've had the, the experience. And you can say that that really, that, that concept is really appealing to me and I'm going to work with within that paradigm or I'm going to subscribe to that reality tunnel for the time being. But as far as like, the, like I always go back to a quote from Robert Anton Wilson, which is one of my favorite authors, but I think he was quoting a, a, a quantum physicist who said that uh, um, this, you know, as far as he was concerned, the belief was the, uh, was the death of intelligence. It was like that was once you decided to believe, then you then you stop questioning things. So yeah, I guess that's one of my problems with that word is that it's it's you know I, I, it's a very religious connotation to me where it's like you know people are like well I believe in God well that like they that they just that that's just a, 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 a that's an arbitrary choice as far as I'm concerned if they just say well I just believe it you know it's like I, I have a hard time with that word so maybe you can clear that maybe you have a different perspective on that than I do. No, well, George, I definitely like your direct experience thing, you know, and like that the problem is, is when people hear something and then they they believe it and then they they reiterate it as truth without having any knowing or experience, like you said. Um, but but we operate in a world of belief systems, you know, and like, you know, what you're saying comes from your own belief systems of wanting to experience it and have direct empirical evidence, you know, like it's even though it's a different, it's a different belief system. And like, that's where I think it's a uh, belief is sort of like the thoughts that, or the attachments to the thoughts that you have that you subscribe to that kind of help you understand reality. And, and, and you know that you can actually choose your beliefs, meaning like I can listen to someone and choose not to believe them or choose to believe them or choose to take it into my worldview you know, and then knowing that your worldview is constantly changing, you know, your understanding of the world. But even though you're, it's your understanding of the world, it's still coming from your mind, your, um, your thoughts, which are limiting in and of itself, limited by language, you know, like the English language. I mean, there's only so many words to describe an infinite number of experiences and feelings and, and possibilities. And so, and language in and of itself makes it, makes it really difficult because, language was created by humans, you know, and it kind of by only knowing so many words, there's so much vocabulary. If you stay in the mental realm, you really have a hard time um, getting very far if you unless you 
Well, but that goes back to what I'm saying about direct experience. You don't need to you don't need to believe anything if you experience it firsthand. So that's that's where I exactly I, yeah I, yeah yeah no I'm I'm with you on that like for sure. These are in the mental realm. They're in the hypothetical. I like that how that sounds. I've thought that through, and I'm like, nope. I want the one where it's like you know I've had the experience. I'm like because like I went through this with uh, you know when I was first getting interested in lucid dreaming you know, years ago. Yeah, you know, I was skeptical about it because I was like. I don't know. I never had one. And people say it's true. Then there were scientists who said it was a bunch of bunk. And I was like, I don't know. Who, who do you believe? There's scientists on both sides that said that. Also non-scientists who said, no, they're totally true. And I was interested in it. And I, I, you know, we've, we've talked about this before, but I went through the experience or the, put the, put the practices into, into, you know, into practice, whatever I put those, uh, the techniques into practice. And I've had I had the direct experience myself, so it's like I don't need to believe that lucid dreaming is real. I know that it is. I've had it happen. It's not. It's it's totally absolutely real as far as I'm concerned. Now, before I had that experience, if I would have agreed with anybody, and then to me that would have been an unfounded belief. I would have been like, well, I believe it, but why would I believe it? I don't know that it's true. Mm-hmm. It would just be something that sounded. Um, I wanted to be true, you know, for example. So it was something I liked or, you know, or the opposite or something I rejected I didn't like. But, you know, for me, it was like, I actually had it happen. So I'm like, I know that it's real. So it's not like, that's where I come from is like, it's not about intellectualizing something. It's about having something where you're, you know, going back to the self that we're talking, the ego that we're talking about, where, the experience that I have as this individual person, I can confirm the, the validity of the experience. Like, I, like if I can't do that, I have a, that's right. To me, because you get into speculation and I'm open to speculation. I just won't say like, Oh, that is how things are. I'm, my, my, my approach would be, that's interesting. Show me how to have that experience for myself. You know? So I'm like, yeah, I, I won't pull something in and go, that is part of the world that I live in. I'll say, that is potentially part of the world that I live in. Show me how to have that experience. And if I can, and I do, then I, I maybe I'll incorporate that, but can't just go, Oh, that sounds awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take that. I'm going to, that's going to you know, put that, put that in the backpack that I can't do that because I'm like, that's not, there's too many things in the, 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 the you, I mean, you get on the internet, man, there are some crazy, like I was just reading on some books. I sent you those podcasts that links that I thought were interesting by the, with, the, with those uh, yoga lectures. And I ended up reading one of the books by these dudes, the guy that the, the lecture people were, you know, the organization that they were associated with. And it was so crazy talk, insane that I couldn't believe, like I was like almost embarrassed that I sent those links to you because the guy that wrote the book that they got it from was just talking nonsense, you know? And I was like, how did these people who seem very intelligent and definitely well-read and everything about the topics they're interested in, like, how do you read, like, they, they, the book that they said was the core book of their thing was so, I mean, it was just making wild, like, the nice thing for me as a skeptic was he made a lot of wild predictions that back in the fifties that just did not come true whatsoever. And he would, Oh, two years we'll know this and totally none none of that stuff ever happened. But, uh, but he was just making all kinds of wacky, crazy claims. But obviously some of these, these people that put out these, uh, these lecture podcasts totally believe it, or they, at least they believe 
to some degree. I mean, I couldn't get through the first chapter without, I had, I couldn't do it because it was just so much just nonsense, but somebody read that and believed it. So, you know, going back to this question where, you know, where would you stand on that? Like if, like you can't like, cause then you're just using your mind to pick and choose what you, what you prefer as opposed to, you know, if you're not using it from a direct experience, then it's just, you're, you're saying that sounds good to me. That doesn't sound good to me. You know, I mean, somebody thought that being a Nazi was a good idea at one point in time. They really believed that. Those, the Nazis believed that they were doing the right thing for themselves, you know. So right. you can't, you know, that's where that's why I have a problem with belief, because belief can be, you know, beliefs, just like the advertisers, you get manipulated into believing things that aren't necessarily true, you know, or don't have any validity whatsoever. So. No, you're you're right, George. I mean, I I agree with you a lot, a lot more than I let on. You know, I think, I mean, I I subscribe more towards, um, you know, don't attach yourself to any belief system. Like, don't attach yourself. You can, you can resonate with it and put it into your worldview for the time being. But like, it's almost like if you stop questioning or if you stop seeking your own experience or your own truth, that's when things get weird and that's how you that's how it's easy to get manipulated because where does those beliefs come from and who does that belief actually serve you know i mean like who is the one that created that belief and where did it come from and what was the purpose of it and and how did you discover it and all that stuff so we i think the topic that that we're alluding to here is is the topic of discernment you know how to know what you read online is true you know what is truth actually you know and and then but belief it has the word lie in the word so it's like you got to be careful with um uh with believing anything that you hear and but what you should do is if it resonates with you meaning like something about it feels true to you and you are excited about the idea you should let you should realize that that's a, sort of a signal to yourself that you should continue to explore that, you know, like something about lucid dreaming appealed to you, George, you know, enough where you wanted to try out the techniques, you know, so it's like something about it felt good to you. So there's like this, there's a a heart resonance, and then you have to use your logic, your ego, your mind to, to help to analyze it. So you're using the left and the right brain, your feelings and your, your intellect to discern something, because there's a lot of especially when you talk about metaphysical or esoteric stuff that's not provable by empirical science or physical evidence, this is where it's like, what, you can't, are you not supposed to, to talk about this because it can't be proven through, you know, like a, like a physical experience, you know, because even then, how do you even believe, you know, how do you even trust your knowing? That's like, even if you have an experience, because even experience can be manipulated, you know, like you go to a, a concert and they, and they create an experience of like a certain type of uh, emotion. And then you can say, well, that's I, what I experienced there is this, you know, or something like that. And then you kind of come away with it with a, with an experience or you take like LSD or something like that. You have an experience, but even then it's, it's what you do know is, you know, your experience. And, and if it's true for you, like if it's, if it resonates with you, if, if it's true for you and your truth is, and knowing that your truth is always changing. You know, what you're trying to do, what the goal is for me, at least, is to get closer and closer to my authentic truth. You know, what is what is my purpose on the planet? You know, why am I here? Am I here to, you know, that's really what I want to know. And so when I find something that maybe is just interesting, like when I talk about 
you know, spirituality and stuff like that. To me, I wasn't ever really interested in that before, but now I am. And, you know, and like, the tr and I'm in sort of involved in this truth movement, meaning like, well, why am I so attracted to truth? You know, like, I'm just discovering more about myself and why I'm attracted to it. You know, I'm not, and I might like say, oh, we incarnate here to have a, a human experience. You know, I guess that's my truth right now. That's, that's, that's how I feel right now. Um, and I want to have a direct experience of that, but I don't really rely on having a direct experience of that in order to, for me to feel like I have purpose in the, on the, in the world, you know, like I don't require it necessarily because I'm not really putting a lot too much weight onto it as sort of like, I'm not attached to it so much, I guess. Um, I don't know. I'm still like, I, I'm still working through things, you know? So it's like, but I do like to have the direct experience and to never really truly believe anyone word for word because they're speaking language and it's their opinion and, and it's their sort of truth mixed with their society's programming and all of this kind of stuff and, and culture. There's a whole lot of influences in, in the words that we read and the, the ideas that are speaking about. But if anyone wants to kind of look into it, look into the topic of discernment and how to discern what, what's real, what's not, you know, like, especially on some of the stuff that's hard to identify. Yeah, I think we kind of get off topic a little bit, but uh... well, I think it all comes down to ego because beliefs are attachments that that, that go to your ego, and you know, if somebody if somebody attacks your belief, then you feel attacked yourself. You know, so that's why it's sometimes difficult to you know to try to remain detached from your belief because it's someone if it's your worldview. You know, like I can go on Facebook and start posting about my current worldview. And then start a fight because so many people disagree, will disagree and it assaults their worldview. And and it's you're not able to have a coherent conversation about it because it's all about differing worldviews. And and it's like, well, what one person's truth is not the same as another person's truth, you know. But that's the point of here. I think that's part of the, the, point, the point of being on Earth is. Is it's limit, it's, it's the limitation. You know, we're experiencing limitation. It's not, no, there is no direct one answer. I mean, we're all, there's a, there's a human drive to figure it out, which we can't really deny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess like it does, it definitely, you know, there's, there's no doubt that beliefs and ego are, you know, a huge, that's a huge part of the ego is that you do to become attached to the beliefs, you know, that, that you hold, that you hold. But that's, I guess, that to some degree, that almost is what I was getting at. Is what I, you know, my, um, trying to use a little bit more of a mundane uh, explanation of you know gadgets and stuff like that. I, again, I can only speak to stuff that I can, you know, not necessarily put my hands on, but like I can't, you know, as far as you know, incarnating on Earth, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I can't tell you, but I can tell you for a fact that I things I do struggle with that I know for, you know, for a fact. And, uh, mm -hmm. you, you know, the day-to-day -day stuff. And I think that's where, you know, understanding the ego really helps more people out uh, to really, you know, if you want to wrap your head around this stuff, is to understand where the, where, you know, where a belief ends and where you begin, you know, as far as like, you don't have to, like, and that's the thing too. You look in the past of your, you know, your own past, your own history. 
and you've changed you've everybody all of us have flip-flopped on things that we used to you know be yeah. cheerleaders for this and now we don't we don't do it at all we you know we used to think that something was totally you know like you said you used to not be in the spirituality now you are so there's you know who's to say like the things that you believe in don't even you're not even consistent from from year to year five years to five years ten years to ten years mm-hmm. let alone being able to say yeah this is true or this is this belief is who i am because like those things i mean sometimes that stuff changes from hour to hour <laughs> i mean it's crazy yeah. yeah you're right so it's it's i don't know it's a tough i don't know it's a, it's a tough question again i I'm more of a practical person, so it's tough for me to, you know, I, I'm kind of struggling for to chat with you about some of this stuff because I don't, um, you know, I mean, I just don't go down that that those those speculative speculative paths as much in my head. So yeah, no, that's cool. Bring it back to bring it back to Earth. <laughs> I'm a I'm, I know I can be kind of a a mystic or a spacey, you know, um, in some of some of my ideas. And that's why I like you, George. I mean, because you, you you bring it back to grounded reality, bring it back to Earth. So, I mean, let's let's bring let's bring the conversation back to Earth. So, like when we talk about belief and all that stuff, I just want to. I guess I want to touch on this one more time. Like, say you have a belief that like I'm I'm going to go to this dance class and I'm and I'm a bad dancer. I believe I'm a bad dancer, so I'm going to get made fun of you can recognize that it's a belief and then you can choose to change it to say, you know what? I'm, I'm good enough the way I am. And you can continue to believe that. And you end up creating a life that really kind of reinforces that you are good enough the way you are, you know, like you can choose your beliefs and then it kind of sculpts the reality based around the, you know, the thoughts that you choose to think, I guess, let's not call them beliefs. Let's just call them thoughts, like thoughts that you think a lot, (laughs) about yourself are things that kind of ha- kind of help reinforce the life you want to create for yourself you know if you think a well, lot of negative like, ones you well, that's can... like the word paradigm i would i would use the word paradigm for that okay know? yeah your worldview or the, you know the, the, the whole everything as a whole how you perceive things that's like that to me that's what a paradigm is i didn't mean to cut you off i'm sorry oh no it's cool i mean let's bring it back to earth so like I mean, our, the ego and the mind are two things that help us survive and kind of help us get through life. But it, we're kind of in a situation where it's the where we're kind of kind of uh, suppressed or stuck in a way where like we're we're stuck believing and we're encouraged believing in this sort of competitive nature of the world and ego. And the opposite would be we're all one. We're all united. There's everyone has high self-esteem. Everyone's doesn't you know everyone feels great about themselves the economy collapses because it doesn't you know high self-esteem humans do not create a good (laughs) capitalist society or whatever but where else can we go with ego in the mind that we haven't gone yet or are we pretty much done (laughs) well i mean it's 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 it's, again i think it's, it's a tough topic and it's not yeah you know it's not as uh cut and dry to some of the other things we've talked about. It's a little more abstract, a little more, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if like, I don't even know if there is a definition for these things. I mean, no, we're speaking with only what we know. So it's like, and I don't want to, I don't want to front and say, I know everything about this stuff. And I think that's a good thing about 
this episode in particular because we're kind of covering something that is kind of abstract and and there's a lot of different opinions about it you know and and I think for the first time you and I George are kind of hitting a point where it's not just we're not just talking about habits you know or like procrastination or something it's really easy to kind of understand because it's been written about a dozen dozens and dozens of hundreds of times and it's a little bit more practical but but I mean hey that's I mean I like to I like to talk about life and you know this is part of part of life and our understanding of it. I mean ultimately you and I George we're we're figuring out life and we're figuring out why we're here and you know you have your you have yours and I have mine and I think that that's both a, a beautiful thing, you know. Yeah, I'm definitely um I, I guess I'm definitely starting with like figuring out my life before I figure out life. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. so that's why I guess I lean towards like you know, in the past I've spent a lot of, you know, a lot of time, you know, thinking big thoughts and stuff like that, I guess it is. And I guess I've come in the you know, recent years come back around to being more hands on, you know, like yeah, what can I actually do as opposed to hypothesizing and and uh, speculation and stuff? I mean, I, I'm not that's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying, I for me, I went down that path for a lot of years. I think, and I I think I went I went I did like a full circle thing almost to that to come back to you know what can I what can I what kind of where where is my efforts best placed you know what can I actually make a change and I can you know they, a lot of times you read some of these again these self development books but uh, you know that's, that's what they say is you got to put your own oxygen mask on before you can help others so that's yeah. kind of like the perspective that I'm where I'm coming from these days is I'm trying to get my own own oxygen mask on first you know what I mean before I try to figure out what what's going on with everything else yeah which is something I would recommend that we all do is is put our own oxygen mask on first and and work on our own development and and happiness and fulfillment you know because that's that's the work you can't really change other people you know you you change yourself you enlighten yourself well i think i can sense that the energies are winding up for this 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 episode of the podcast what do you think george what you I, I didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. I said I think the energies are indeed winding up for this episode. I think we kind of run out of things to say about the ego and the mind. Well, it's just a tough topic, man. I mean, it's like it's an interesting one, but like I, know, I thought we'd have, I thought we'd be more focused on it when we when we discuss getting into it. But it's very, it's a very tricky, very slippery. You know what I mean? It's not very. Uh, well, yeah, because it's, it's you can't prove it, right? You can't really. You can't touch it. You said yourself that from Alan Watts that it's like it's an illusion, it's mirage. So what we're talking about is kind of conceptual. We feel the we feel the effects of of what we're calling ego. You know, we feel it. So I think people can recognize that there's some truth to what we're saying because you're like, yeah, I feel that. I know what he's talking about. But it's not like you can reach inside and grab your ego and look at it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just it's one of those things, man. You get. Um you know, you get, in, you get in the conversations and you realize like, you know, it's almost like the opposite of writing something. Sometimes you, sometimes when you write out something, uh, you understand it better, you know, yeah. or uh, insights come to you while you're, while you're writing. And, and 
to some degree, I feel like I understand less now that we've talked about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, wow. Like you know, I realize how, how nebulous this concept is. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's really, it's tough to, it's tough to wrap your head around. I mean, no pun intended. So it's, it's a, it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a mind bender. That's for sure. <laughs> so well, let's, let, let's, let's end it with um, some practical things that the listeners can do to like learn more about ego. And I mean, don't listen to this episode. That's what they should do. Okay. So <laughs> go ahead and erase your mind from everything that we talked about. <laughs> no, but if, if any of this stuff sounds interesting to you, um, just, just do your own research and, and uh, do your own meditation, silent meditation, and ask these big questions to yourself in meditation and see what answers pop up for yourself. That and listen to some Alan Watts, man. Alan Watts, I mean, there's a lot of lectures that are legally are not available on YouTube of his, and he's got a lot of interesting insights on these topics. I mean, I... Yeah, he's good. I enjoy his his perspective, and, and it's even if you don't agree with him, he's got some, you know... He's got some interesting, he's got a lot of experience and he's got an interesting way of of presenting this stuff. So it's worth at least checking out. Yeah. And listen for, listen to see where you resonate with and the things that you are inspired by. Take that things that you don't understand or you don't agree with. Just disregard those and continue to move on your quest to seek answers for yourself, you know, and you're kind of, you'll be building your own sort of paradigm. Of, of the world and what feels true for you. And it's like this path of discovery and, you know, continue to blend that, what you learn with, with practice of meditation and silence and, and understanding where your beliefs are coming from and, 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 and sort of eliminating those beliefs. If you can, if you don't want them anymore, the ones that no longer serve you or serve the purpose that you're here to do, serve your life, the one you want to create. If, if they're going against you or they're holding you back, then you can choose to say no to those and, and adopt new ones and, and continue on the path of seeking truth and discovery. So I think that's a positive way to end the podcast. And another author that I like is uh, Eckhart Tolle. He's another good one for, especially if people are new to the concept of ego and mind and all that and how our thoughts kind of create our suffering in a lot of ways. And Sean Webb on the I am spirituality podcast. We always recommend him, don't we? (laughs) Yeah. He's got some, definitely got some interesting, uh, the whole like, external ego stuff that he brings up was really super interesting. So I, I think that was one of his early, I remember what the, one of the, it was one of the early episodes of his podcast, but they're yeah. worth listening to. I think it was like four or five, but uh, you, you know, you can look at the script. I think the descriptions on his podcast will talk about that. Yep. And so that's all for, that's all for this episode. So I appreciate all you guys for hanging in there, putting up with uh, our ramblings this week. Um, been it's been good and thanks thanks george for, for hanging in there and doing this podcast with me and um and i think uh we're gonna take a break from the podcast for a while and um this will be like the end of the uh, end of the season we're gonna decide where we want to go with the podcast from here on out but um so this we're gonna take a break and this is it for a while but uh thanks for sticking around and listening and um george it's always a pleasure you too jeff all right man i'll talk to you soon goodbye george Sounds good.